choose the inoffensive parts of the Bible. Lawsuits in both Canada and Finland have challenged some of the Bible passages as hate speech. So far, most of these lawsuits have failed. However, their frequency suggests a cultural shift against scripture. Read more about these cases and how to pray at our website. Meanwhile, China's Gen Zers are facing limited career opportunities and looking for more. Kurt Rovenstein with Bibles for China says that for the church in China, the opportunity to share the gospel is open because when people's dreams fall apart, they're more receptive to what's true on a deeper level. Ask God to strengthen Chinese church leaders and draw young people to purposeful life in Christ. Find your place in this story at missionnews.org. And thanks for listening to Mission Network News, a service of One Way Ministries. I'm Ruth Kramer. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. Hey, Mom, I'm home. Yeah, but the Family Finder app shows that you didn't come straight home from your friend's house. Yeah, that's because I stopped to get you a caramel latte. Here you go. Aw, that's sweet. What if there was an app that tracked your spiritual location? Would it show you on the road that leads to heaven or the one that leads to hell? Billy Graham says Jesus talked about this. He said there are two roads, the narrow road, the broad road. You have to make a choice. It's up to you. The narrow road is the one that leads to heaven. Make that choice. Repent of your sins. Surrender totally to Christ. Your heart, your mind, your body, your life, so that Christ is first in your life. Explore more about the road that leads to heaven at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And it's from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light International Ministries. And uh, it is Thursday, February 1st. That's right, Thursday, February 1st. And uh, as you know, Thursday is our guest day. And um, our guest day uh, today, as Virgil Walker will be joining us shortly, um, he is... Virgil works up at G3 Ministries, and I asked Virgil if he would. He's He's been a guest on here before, and so uh, I know that uh, sometimes he gets caught in meetings, uh, but he's going to join us by phone. And uh, if you have not heard Virgil on here, he does a podcast called Just Thinking with Daryl Harrison, and uh, it is a great uh, podcast about what's going on in culture and a biblical worldview and uh, looking at that. So uh, it's at justthinking.me and uh, you can uh, hear it there. And uh, they, they've got some great podcasts. Um, he, he just did a thing on what's next for the church in America. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, we're also going to talk to him about a recent podcast he just did on influencers and um so, uh, like I said, he'll be joining us shortly, but if you're just tuning in for the first time, SWAT radio stands, SWAT stands for spiritual warriors. 
advancing truth. And uh, we've been broadcasting for about seven years now, and it spawned out of the SWAT Bible studies uh, here in the Jacksonville, North Florida area. Uh, we do five in this area, uh, in Saint, you know, St. Augustine, Jacksonville area. And uh, like I said, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and it is a men's discipleship. Um, it's more than just a Bible study. It's a, it's a community and uh, I'd love for you to join us. You can go to SWATradio.com to get more info on that. But a lot going on in the news. In fact, I don't know if uh, you saw uh, yesterday uh, they had congressional hearings um, about um, social media groups like uh, Facebook or Meta and uh, Twitter and that kind of stuff. And uh, they were... They had the heads of those uh, different organizations that were at Congress uh, testifying. And uh, one of the uh, senators actually, uh, Josh Hawley, actually called out Mark Zuckerberg and told him he needed to apologize to the parents right there in the middle of the hearing. And Mark Zuckerberg stood up and turned around and did it because of all the things going on um, in our, our social media world and the vast... Uh, pressure. That's one of the reasons I wanted to get um, Virgil on because Virgil has a um, uh, he does a, a, the Just Thinking podcast, but he also does his own stuff. He writes. Um, uh, there's a guy named uh, Jason Whitlock that uh, he he goes on there sometimes. He has a, a program uh, and he's on there and he he does things on social media on on influencers and he just did a podcast where he really talks about that and i thought it was good and be good to kind of unpack with him today so uh, i'm glad you've joined us he will be joining us shortly i'm just kind of waiting now for his call i'm sure he's he's in a tied up uh, <laughs> he does a lot uh, he's on a lot of different moving parts up there and so as um, soon as he joins us he will but uh, i want to go back until he joins us uh, to talk about what happened yesterday on the hill um the you know the house and the senate they they meet regularly and they they do a lot of hearings about what's going on in our country and uh, yesterday they did this three and a half hour meeting about the danger of social media to our teenagers in this country and it was the senate judiciary committee which is really of all the committees in the the, the senate it's one of the most powerful and um, like I said, they called out Mark Zuckerberg, who's the CEO of Meta, uh, Facebook, which a lot of different platforms. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg said to the people in the room, I'm sorry for everything that you all have been through. No one should go through the things that your family have suffered. He said it collectively because there were a lot of parents there whose kids have been bullied online. Their kids, they didn't have safeguards in place like they are trying to do now to do that um but it, it's a big issue um you know the social media thing and uh every christian family every believer um should take note that uh young people and social media is not a problem that's going away and i'm sure if you're a parent of a teen or you're a grandparent of a teen you see it you go it, it, it is it is something that's addictive. The dopamine release, 
uh, from when you get likes on your social media page or you uh, you you don't get likes. There's other negative influences. So um, it's you know we we kind of take the social media for granted. I'm an older person, obviously. I'm 62. Jeremy uh, is a lot younger, our producer, and he probably is a lot more in tune with like uh, Instagram, uh, those kind of things. Like, I don't think I ever Snapchatted anybody. Uh, I never snapped anything. My my kids have. They've done a lot of Snapchat. That was a way they would have what they call streaks, where they would send pictures. And every day they had, they'd have all these streaks. And it was a big deal when a streak got broken, like when you had a day that didn't get – I mean, it was it was a big deal for them. If somebody didn't like their picture or something – or they didn't get a picture out. And so the social media influence has really had an impact on our teenagers. And so um, the Surgeon General, actually, of the United States um, uh, said there's a massive mental health crisis among young people. And it it shouldn't surprise us because uh, of all the different things, but social media is high up on that list. And... um, you know, when you think about technology, you think about TikTok, uh, you think about the Snapchat and all these other things. And there's a lot of, uh, of apps I don't even know about um, that are social media influencers use. Those kind of things are in your child's hands if they have a phone. That's why none of our children got phones, I think, before they were 13 or 14. But I see kids a lot younger than that at the bus stop on their phones doing stuff on their, their computer. We've got to remember a phone isn't just a phone now, it's a computer. And, uh, and so they use those things and social media influencers sell a lot of products through those things, all the ads on Instagram, all the ads on YouTube, all that stuff. I was talking to one of my older uh, SWAT guys the other day, older in the sense he's older than me. I think he's about 10 years older than me. He's on one of my board members, and he was talking to me about how he goes a lot on YouTube and looks at uh, different uh, messages on there by different people. Well, now, if you get a lot of followers on there, you get paid, uh, and they do ads when you have so many, and that that's all because of the influence. And he's going on there, even though he he doesn't probably post a lot, he uses a lot. So this is really something that has impacted our country as a whole. And listen to this. In one company, according to the Wall Street Journal, um, that had a lot of different platforms, said there were about 27 million, that's million, not thousand, 27 million instances of child sexual abuse material on its main platform. 27 million. And so uh, that that is unbelievable. One company, that's just one social media company reporting suspected 27 million instances of success, uh, suspected child abuse. And that right there, uh, that, that, that alone ought to cause you to go, wow, this is a problem. Hey, so uh, I heard that our good friend Virgil joined us. Virgil, are you there? 
Can you hear me all right? I can hear you now, man. I was getting a little nervous because uh, I was like, uh, <laughs> Virgil's going to leave me hanging. So I'm going through a lot of the social media stuff that came out on the Hill yesterday. I don't know if you yeah. caught some of that, but did you hear that stat yeah. I just said? 27 million suspected child sexual abuse stuff on one platform. Yeah. Yeah, what's amazing about that is the fact that, that that there's there's question as to whether or not the algorithms that are in place are are encouraging that behavior. That's what's so that's what's so alarming about it all. Well, yeah, it it, it actually because once you click on it, it starts mm-hmm. going. Okay, he likes this, so we need to get him more of this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's why it yeah. becomes so addictive, isn't it? It is. It is. It absolutely is, and there's there's so many there's so many areas of life that that impacts. Uh, not the, not the least of which is is deviant behavior like that. If you you're able to access it, algorithms promote it, it gets it to you. Uh, you've, you've got you've got an absolute mess on your hands. And again, I, I don't I don't have the solutions, but I definitely know that's a big problem. That's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Virgil, you um, you and your your buddy daryl harrison y'all do the just thinking podcast i i was um sharing with our listeners some of the things that you've been talking about on your own personal little uh is, is that your own personal podcast or, or is that just put out through g3 uh that one no, where you did on about yeah, social every, influence every, every, yeah everything everything i do is, is connected with g3 unless otherwise it's, it's either g3 or daryl harrison I do a little bit of of work with the folks at the Blaze, uh, uh-huh. with uh, with Jason Whitlock on his show Fearless. Yeah, I, I'm a weekly contributor. I do I do a, just kind of a theology, kind of a biblical worldview segment uh, on his on his show. But but other than that, anything that you see me on is usually published through G3 Ministries. Well, I I want to give our listeners the website. You go to g3min.org. And uh, you can go on that website. If you want to see the specific article that he and I are going to be talking about, uh, it's Christian social media influences, helpful or harmful. Uh, Thank you for doing that, Virgil. I thought it was very insightful. It's a good reminder um, because even if you're a good pastor, good leader, you, you, you want to be focused on sharing the truth and, and, and you're, you know, doing the right ministry things, there is a lot of pressure now being put on people, mm-hmm. even like me and you, to mm-hmm. spend more time on the social media aspect of your ministry than the biblical research aspect of your ministry. Is that right? Did I say that right? No, I, 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 absolutely. It, it, it really, it, there really is. Social media is is a you know a part of everyone's lives. I mean it's 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 almost the air we breathe. I mean it's it's if, if you have any kind of a ministry or message or you have a desire to grow, grow a platform of any kind, if if you don't have a presence you know in the in the social media space, you really don't exist to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with that comes the pressure to a grow your platform. Um, at B, what what that does is it's kind of an endless cycle. You you've got to now develop content, uh, and then as you begin to get affirmation uh, from others, likes, clicks, uh, views of, of your material, you're thinking, okay, wh- they like that. What can I do next 
in order to get more attention. And, and there's, 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 there's even a, a physiological chemical reaction in your brain that, that drives you uh, to want to do more of that. I mean, it, it really is something to, to consider. And so as we, as those of us who are engaged and involved in ministry, I thought it's impo- it was in, would be important for us to think through how we engage the medium, what that looks like post-COVID, uh, you know, a lot of lot of uh, slow slow adopters, which primarily were churches, were just trying to make their way into that media space. Well, now uh, it's it, it, the space is proliferating with a number of different people with all kinds of different messages, and so I tried to write the article from two from two uh, thought processes. One is the pastor or ministry leader who's involved in putting things in social media. Consider the time you're spending. Make sure that's balanced, and also from a standpoint of the audience, the person who's who's consuming the content, uh, they need to be mindful about who they're listening to and and what their message is, and, and base decisions on sound biblical hermeneutics uh, and and you know sound biblical theology rather than the idea that oh someone's popular, so I'll need to listen to them. Well, yeah, and you know you, I, I have to tell you, first of all, I was encouraged. Uh, I, I was sharing before you came on that uh, I'm in my 60s, right? I I have been trying to be faithful with the radio platform we have. I, I don't do a lot on Facebook. Um, in fact, I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, "You know, you got a you got an untapped audience there because you got this many followers, and that could double if you did this or whatever." And and there is a real temptation when you hear, but I was encouraged by what you shared in your video, like even about a John MacArthur who compared to some people who we know are prosperity gospel, false teachers out there. They're, they're putting out really terrible theology. His following is minuscule compared to theirs. Like it doesn't even, it's not even in the same league. And yet these people that are being followed by so many millions of people have a lot of people they're misleading. (laughs) <laughs> so absolutely i think i think that's one of the that was one of the eye-opening things that that struck me as i started kind of doing my research uh for for the article i thought wow let me look at i, I just was curious who are the top 10 you know I, I i think i put five or or seven of them in my article who are the top 10 evangelicals that people are following and how large is their following? And you, you know, you see the, the Joel Osteen's of the world. You'll see the TD Jakes's of the world. Uh, you'll see all of these folks. And, and, and within, I think the first, the top five of those people, I think one of them I would really consider uh, incredibly faithful. And that was Franklin Graham. Yeah. Um, the, the rest of them have some kind of, you know, prosperity gospel ish uh, or, or, or absolute heresy. Uh, that they teach and preach, and they're having impact by the millions of followers, whereas someone who's incredibly faithful, 50-plus years in ministry, like a John MacArthur, only has, you know, 150-some-odd thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I I know uh, that—I don't know if you and Daryl went. I know Daryl went to Tommy Nelson's church. I don't know that Mm -hmm. Tommy Nelson has any followers. (laughs) because <laughs> right. he doesn't right. have right. Tommy doesn't even have a a, a a smartphone you know what I mean he's right. got an old flip phone and and I just I think about what you said I think it's it's really important for us as believers 
to take note of that. Like, you know, you get somebody like I, I know you mentioned Sadie Robertson, you know, and they yeah. got claim to fame because of the duck whole dynasty thing. Right. But but right. whether you're a football player or whether you're a celebrity, a lot of people can get uh, followers. The question is, mm-hmm. what are they following you for? Like, are they following you because you're faithfully teaching the word? I, you know, I was, I was looking at your list and one of the things that out of your top 10, um, we've had almost all of them on our program because they're faithful guys. Mm. They are faithful to preaching the gospel. And yet most of them, their followers are a hundred thousand or less. To be honest with you, I was surprised at Paul Washer because (laughs) of all those that you have on there, he's probably who that like the culture would say is the most dogmatic, but yet he had the most followers of all those people, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, within a, within a specific uh, arena, you know, that the folks who, who would know the name of a, of a Paul Washer, there's a lot of folks following. And, and my guess, if, you know, I've, I've spent some time with Brother Paul. My guess is that he, you know, he, he may tweet something once in a blue moon, but he's probably got a team of folks. And knowing him, uh, I, he probably has a very strict criterion for what actually gets posted. It's got to be sound. It's got to be theological. And, you know, he's probably got a checklist of, of, of what actually you know, takes place uh, in and on that space. And so, uh, you know, he's got, you know, a quarter of a million folks that are following him. But again, that that number, you know, is, is minuscule compared to a Joel Osteen with 10 million followers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. By, yeah. by comparison, it's amazing. Well, and, and one of the things that this article spurred in me and even thinking is, you know, like you think about, I, listen, I love Jason Whitlock. I think he is a, yeah. a, a strong believer. The man has made a stand, um, but he's got 800,000 followers. Now think about yeah. that. John MacArthur has been teaching faithfully <laughs> for 50 years. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know anybody that teaches verse by verse like John, like that for that long. No. And John no. has like one seventh of his followers. What does yeah. that tell you? You know, I mean, what do, yeah, I mean, well, what do you it, take it, away from that? I'm just asking. Yeah, you. I get, no, I, I appreciate the question. I, I think it's I think it's fair to think through that and assess that. Jason Whitlock has been a sports writer for the predominant, you know, uh, for the for the for the vast majority of his life. Uh, well-known sports writer. He's on uh, ESPN. You know, he, he you know he's on Fox Sports. Um, so he's he's really more known for that space and place. And so, uh, folks followed him even when he was in those spaces. Now, he 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 held on to a, a, a Christian faith, but has has grown over the years. So really, what he's done. I'd say in the last three to five years is really go back to his roots. I think he, he lived and he, he admits this openly. He lived a pretty uh, a rebellious life from a standpoint of trying to follow God. He, he you know, he, he really lived in a way that was not God honoring for, for decades of his life. Those things, those things that he, you know, had repented for, embarrassed about, but, but he, he doesn't try to hide it or sugarcoat it. He's very honest about that. And at the same time, I, I would say, and I think he would, he would share the same sentiment. He's growing in his faith. He would not say, he would not tell you that he was a, a theologian of any kind. One of the reasons why myself and some others that work with him is because he, he, he wants the counsel 
of people that he's come to meet or whose writing he's appreciated and and, and you know he, he wants to he wants to be discipled and so a part of being on the show is getting a chance to chop that up in real time you're actually witnessing discipleship happen in real time so I think a lot of a lot of the, his followers come from folks who've followed him for years in, in another genre uh, and are in our in our on a journey with him. Uh, whereas John MacArthur has just been plugging away doing mm-hmm. what he's doing at a, at a local church in a faithful way for decades. That's one of, one of the main points with the article was that you can't make decisions about the faithfulness of a pastor or his fidelity to Scripture and biblical sufficiency by the numbers of followers they do or don't have. You can't, there's no way to do that. Uh, you have to know a whole lot more. So if, if, if you're a newbie, if you're a brand-new Christian, and you're saying, oh, I want to follow some people in social media, you've got to do a whole lot more digging than just simply who's the most popular person. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And you had a quote in there that I want to read and get you to kind of respond to. It, you know, the appearance of correctness, and so the key word there is the appearance, right, often mm-hmm. outweighs genuine substance the days of testing one ideas in the public square and subjecting them to the crucible of scrutiny where success or failure can be weighed or measured or all but a distant memory how true how true elaborate a little bit on that in the especially with the realm of social media yeah absolutely it's it, 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 you know, social media, like any platform that, that's come along, it's a, it's a, it, it could be a wonderful thing, it could be a harmful thing, and so I, what, what I'm witnessing and, and have great concern about are, are these kind of fly-by-night uh, theological gurus uh, who jump onto a social media platform, and you know, they've got a microphone and a video, and, and, and they know a few theological words. Uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, they've amassed a large following simply by being uh, purposefully controversial, mm-hmm. right? They come up with a controversial topic, they jump into the mix, and then all of a sudden, they've, they've developed a, a large following, not simply because of substance, not because they're, they're solid in what they believe. They've been believing that for years. They've got a track record of, of saying those kinds of things. Those are ideas they've lived by. Those ideas have been tested. It's not that. It's that... They just figured out the code to say the right key words uh, and then present themselves as experts. And, and if, if you got the right camera and the right you know, kind of lighting, uh, there's a lot of people that can be fooled by that. And so uh, I, you know, they, they come up with these ideas that they believe, hey, everyone needs to do X, Y, or Z, or everyone needs to follow me. Uh, and, and they build a following. Uh, the, the Black Lives Matter organization was very similar in that regard. Uh, we're, we're witnessing on, on the far on the far right, some people are moving into uh, the, the white Christian nationalism on on the far right. Not everybody, but there's there's a lot of folks who are going that way. And and when they posit these brand new ideas, if you just examine their their Twitter feed, their Facebook following, and, and the like, what you find out is you go back 12 months. These people were, had not been saying that at all uh, over the course of last year. So they come up with a, a decision or an idea uh, that, that's five minutes old, and now they're the experts. I just think that's very, very dangerous, and we've got to be watchful for that. We have to think about those things as we try to navigate social media platforms. Yeah, well, it's interesting because uh, I was telling my wife, it, it wasn't too long ago that uh, – I read there was a, a a blog 
by a, a, a lady who just wrote a book on marriage and how it, it pretty much was how to have a, how to have a a biblical successful marriage and she'd been married for a year and I'm like I've been married 40 years I still wouldn't write a book on it you know what I'm saying you, do, you, do you understand but but just the thought of that that would not have happened 30 years ago no publisher no. would have published somebody who's been married a year but there was a lot of social influence going on mm -hmm. on that person they had a, a big following so it, right. it, that's exactly what you're talking about that and and yeah. then if you go against them and you even raise the issue we've well, only been married a year all of a sudden now you become uh, you're attacked because you just all you're challenging Absolutely. is how do you know <laughs> how are you what are you basing Absolutely. this on you know so uh that that i just i thought thought that was a a good illustration of what you kind of broke out the other thing you said in the article that we, we got to go to break in about two minutes but you said sure. jesus did not promise or you you said it different but bottom line <laughs> is he didn't promise to preserve our social media platforms there's only one platform right. he pre, he he promised to preserve and it was the church and social Absolutely. media is draining pastors is what you said isn't mm -hmm. that true Absolutely. That's exactly right. You know, that the, the, the text of scriptures that he gave, the, that he gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, what it does not say is the influencers, right? The social media influencers as teachers. And so we've got to be mindful of that. And uh, it, it, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, many, many pastors, uh, you know, many people who have pulpit ministries and duties and uh, are spending an inordinate amount of time, unfortunately, uh, stepping away from the scripture, thinking about thinking about preaching, not from a standpoint of the local church, but how will how will this preach over social media? Uh, I'm, I'm certain that when we had the advent of, of television, that there were preachers who thought that way. Uh, definitely with the with the proliferation of social media, people are absolutely thinking that way. Uh, and it's just something we've got to be mindful of and be very careful. Of. Well, hey, uh, we're going to go to our break uh, here for news in just a minute. But I wanted to remind our listeners that uh, you can read this article by going to g3min.org um, and search the website. Just put in social media influencers that come up. Uh, and also, justthinking.me is the uh, site of Virgil and Daryl Harrison, who's also been on our program before, uh, their Just Thinking podcast. Uh, and again, Virgil is the vice president of ministry relations up at uh, G3. He's uh, been a writer. He's the co-host of Just Thinking with Daryl. Like I said, he contributes to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. And we're going to be back with him. You're going to be able to hang on for some more, aren't you? I'll be right here, buddy. Okay. Hey, after this break, we'll be back with more of uh, Virgil. Stay tuned to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the news. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 
904-480-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjax.com. That's guardiangroupjax.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 91FM, The Truth. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The United States says talks to win the release of more hostages held in Gaza continue to be constructive. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reports. The White House describes the discussions as sensitive as U.S. officials seek a longer temporary ceasefire than the one-week pause in the Israel-Hamas war back in November. In broad strokes, we are looking at uh, an extended pause is the goal. How long? That's all part of the discussions. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says a longer pause would allow for the release of more hostages and the delivery of more humanitarian aid to Gaza. Greg Clugston. Washington. National Prayer Breakfast co-chair Congressman Tracy Mann of Kansas explained the purpose of the annual prayer breakfast. We gather in historic statuary hall this morning in the spirit of Jesus to pray for the president, for one another, and for the country. The 72nd prayer breakfast today on Capitol Hill, President Biden and members of Congress in attendance. Also at SRNews.com on the economic front, more Americans say that under Bidenomics, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Correspondent Bob Agnew with that report. 64% of those responding to the latest Issues and Insights tip poll say they're having a hard time making ends meet. More than half of those in the highest earning bracket, those earning $75,000 or more, and more than half of those who invest say they're living paycheck to paycheck. Few say they've managed to put much money away. About 20% say they've put aside just $1,000 for emergencies. 24% say they have no savings at all. Bob Agnew, Capitol Hill. Wall Street continues to recover from Wednesday, the Dow is... Welcome back to SWAT Radio. I like that. Um, uh, we're back with uh, our good friend, Virgil Walker. Um, you know, Virgil, we haven't had you and Daryl together on in a while. Probably need to m- make that happen sometime uh, down the road because yeah. uh, I, I love having you guys together. I love, uh, if you haven't heard Just Thinking, it is a great podcast. But listen, this is not 
uh, 15 minute podcasts. When you go to just thinking, sometimes you get hours, right? You guys get going yeah. and, and it's really good, but it's well researched. And these yeah. guys have known each other a long time. They love the Lord. They see what's going on in the culture and they're really good at helping bring a biblical worldview to it. So thank you for the time that you invest in that. I know you do a lot with G3 and just to be able to take the time to do that. And even to, to do what you're doing with Jason Whitlock on fearless. Yeah. Um, those are good mediums. And, you know, we, we had a, a caller actually that called, we don't take calls usually on, uh, on, uh, on our guest day, but if you want to send a question or if you got a thought, I'm happy for you to email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Um, uh, but the, the, the thought was, it was a comment, basically. They've been listening to me and you go back and forth. That it sounds mm-hmm. a lot like the second Timothy tickling of the ears going on mm-hmm. <laughs> with um, a lot of the social these people who have uh, enormous platforms quote, who are ministers, uh, do not really speak a lot of the truth out there. Do no, they? you're, you're exactly, yeah, you're exactly right. I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of these folks have, you know, with, with a, with a mega, mega, mega church, uh, like a Joel Osteen, you know, he's got, you know, he's, he's got, you know, hundreds of people, uh, who are working in specific areas to help get his message out. And the same, you know, the same is true of, of their social media department. Most of these organizations that are huge like that, uh, understand his message. And, and you know, they've, they've got, you know, dozens of people, uh, who do nothing all day. The whole, the whole, the bulk of their day is spent thinking about creating, uh, content for, uh, others to, to, to experience their ministry via social, you know, via social, social, uh, you know, uh, the social uh, medium, and so the thing—the thing about that to think about is, you know, you, you really got to look at the fruit of what's being sold there. I mean, you've got to think about what's the what's the theology behind all of this. It's yes, it's pretty. Yes, it's graphically appealing. Yes, it's you know, uh, you know, from a video standpoint, captivating. Um, but at the end of the day, what's what is the core message? Is it is it God's word, uh, or is it is it about man? Is it is it lifting up you know who Christ is and Him crucified, or or telling you that you need to live your best life now? Those are the kinds of things to think through. And and you know with with Osteen's ministry, we we know what that is. We know what that's about. <laughs> Uh, and it's unfortunate that uh, that so many people gravitate toward it. Every once in a while, here, get this. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll put a I'll put a pebble in the shoe of, of you know of uh, <laughs> those like people. I'll, yeah, I'll jump I'll jump on their their you know the Twitter feed or a Facebook feed and just ask some real deep questions and just you know hey, how does how does this magnify Christ. You know, and, and just ask some really good questions. It'll get some some people to think. I've had from time to time people uh, reach out uh, and say, "Hey, I hadn't thought about that," and then begin conversations that way. At the same time, I've been on uh, TD Jakes's uh, page. He's a, he's a you know tens of millions of followers, you know hundred or a million million followers or more uh, for him. And uh, eventually, I guess his minions got tired of me and they they just blocked me from his page. And so I understand. I get it. Mm. Well, uh, well, again, I, I really uh, appreciate you doing the podcast and on just thinking you just uh, wrote a, a blog or a little, you know, a, a little article called what's next for the church in America, you know, with everything going on in our country, both from the pandemic and, and the, the economic problems, the, the 
uh, immigration problems, which is is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this. This just came out. Uh, there was a senator in Georgia or a congressman there who went to the Atlantic Heart, Atlanta Hartfield Airport. You've been there. I've been there lots of times. Mm-hmm. You walk mm-hmm. through there. Yep. And he found out there's a room there where they were cycling in illegal refugees to send them to different parts wow. of the country. And and wow. it was some organization that he – and he's like, you know, trying to figure that stuff out. Well, you know how much trafficking is effect, uh, impacting our country. There's so much – bad stuff going on with the immigration people think people are against people caring for people that's not the issue you and i care for people but but there's a lot of people that don't care for them that are using people and and it's just Mm -hmm. awful but uh, you wrote this article and i want to tap in just to what you were trying to communicate with the church for america Where, where do you see based upon cultural trends with everything the the mm-hmm. the people uh, in America, the churches, there are they changing like the way we do church, the way we, you know, especially we do a lot of Zoom now, right? We do a lot of <laughs> Zoom. There's, do you know there's still churches not meeting? There's still places that yeah. will not meet. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it is. It is. So what do you see you, is, as you as you were yeah, writing it, that? What were you thinking? Yeah, no, I, you know, that, look at the, the landscape of. Of evangelicalism, as you know, we turn the page on a on a brand new year and think about you know what's going to be happening in 2024. We've got an election cycle that's about to hit, and every issue uh, will be amplified through through a political lens. And so, believers have got to have their their ducks in a row, their thoughts in place, uh, their 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 mind right, and it needs to be anchored in the in the Word of God. Uh, I, I think you laid it out nicely, especially with the issue of, of, of immigration. Over the course of the last three years, 6.8 million uh, illegal immigrants have crossed the border. Uh, to give you to give you an idea, by comparison, uh, three under three years of Donald Trump, there were 1.5 million people that illegal illegal immigrants that crossed the border uh, and into the United States. But again, under under the under the Biden administration, 6.8 million people have done the same. And that population is larger than 33 other states in our nation. So uh, we're going to have real issues with how do we navigate this. And I, I, I just wrote a piece recently about this subject because I want Christians to think biblically, not emotionally, mm-hmm. but biblically about these issues. It's important to understand that, that, that these are human beings uh, created in the image of God who deserve value, dignity, and worth, and uh, we need to respect them and treat them all humanely. But we also have to recognize that we are a nation of laws uh, and that the manner in which they should enter any country uh, should be on the basis of the laws set up by the sovereign nation they desire uh, to enter. And so uh, there's a standard by which we need to, to, to navigate that. Yes, there's compassion and care for where they were, but, th- but that does not mean that we, that we open the floodgates uh, and allow everyone to come in. That government, that, biblically speaking, government has a responsibility to protect its citizenry against evildoers or those who would intend it harm. Uh, I'm not saying every person crossing the border intends harm, uh, but I am saying that the laws that are currently in place are set there to protect us from harm. As a result, they should be enforced. So the current issue going on with, with uh, the Texas Governor Adam 
Abbott uh, and, the, and the Biden administration is one that we're going to come into a collision course here in the next few months, and Christians need to stand biblically. Uh, as it, whether, it's, whether it's issues of ethnicity and race, whether it's, at, whether it's issues of, of socioeconomics, uh, we've got to stand on the Bible. The Bible is sufficient to speak to every one of these issues if we just take the time to open its pages and, and, and talk about it. One of the reasons why Daryl and I do it an expositional uh, a podcast that may take two or three hours to unfold is because the topic and the subject matter that we cover, we want the person listening to the podcast to have the benefit of the research and study that we've done on the topic at, 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 in, in depth. And so they, at their leisure, and we're not ever telling anybody they have to sit through a three-hour podcast, <laughs> but we're saying take, take, it, take it in bite-sized chunks as you go throughout your day. Maybe it takes you a week to get through all the content, but our hope is that it's helpful on whatever subject we're addressing and that it points you back to what Scripture says on the topic we're addressing. That's kind of how that works. Well, uh, in that article, um, which I, I, you know, being a Marine and being a uh, a guy who ha- I, I just share your sentiments uh, about the whole crowd majority thing because Jesus walked away from more crowds than he walked into, right? He did. He Absolutely. he he, he knew the mob mentality. Why is it mm-hmm. then that we tend to be attracted to megachurches? Where you know, my friend Tommy says we're that are a mile wide and a quarter inch thick. Right. You know, right, Jesus right. said yeah. tw- he took twelve guys and he built deep into them. And one of my mm-hmm. late mentors, who's not here, he's with Jesus now. He just said, "Doug, go deep with guys. Teach him, teach mm-hmm. them what you wrote. Basically, teach them that if you're going to follow Christ, it's going to be costly. If you're going to follow Him, you're going to suffer." And, and mm-hmm. that, that is going to be really important, I believe, going forward in the days for the church. Oh, do, do you see that as well? I, 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 absolutely. It, it, the, the days ahead are going to definitely require sacrifice. People are going to have to determine not only what they believe and why they believe it, but what they're willing to pay. What is the price that they're going to be willing to pay to hold that conviction? Uh, you know, it, it, it's one thing to have a confession. It's another thing to have a conviction. I can confess to you that Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. but you'll know that, that, that my confession is actually conviction when I have to pay a price. I have to lose my job. I have to make a statement to where I'm not going to bow the knee to the LGBTQIA agenda at the school. Uh, and what that means is I'm, I'm not going to be using pronouns. You're not going to tell me what to say. Uh, as it pertains to pronouns. I'm going to stand on the fact that there are two genders, uh, male and female, uh, and, and I'm, the Word of God informs me about that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to capitulate. Uh, it, it's going to, it, you know, the days ahead are going to require a price paid. That's not different than it was in, in days of old, uh, but it's new for us because we've enjoyed the benefit of, of prosperity, uh, of, of really little to no persecution uh, in, in the vital way. We think of persecution as somebody somebody blocks us on, on Facebook or somebody blocks <laughs> us on Twitter. Uh, you know, that, oh, I'm that, sorry. That, I don't mean to laugh. That's It is funny. I've no, been... it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's not persecution, but persecution will come, and you lose your job or, uh, you know, you're told that you, you never work again in a, in a particular area because of what you've said. Uh, that's the point at which you know whether or not something you're confessing is a, is a real conviction. And I do think those days uh, are, are here and for, for many, uh, and others will be experiencing it in a, in a greater way in the days to come. 
Well, on that note, since uh, you brought up the LGBTQ thing, <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit about Alistair Begg because yeah. th- th- I, I think he kind of, what what's going on with him incorporates everything we've talked about because yeah. part of yeah. the problem is he's a he's considered a celebrity pastor. He Listen, he's been faithful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take away the pre- preaching. He's been a faithful expositor. All I've heard, I've never heard him speak uh, unbiblically in the, all the messages I've heard of him. So I, I don't want to take that away from him. But what has come up in the last couple of weeks, it seems like he continues to double down. I believe there's a lot of pressure on him, you know, because mm-hmm. when you make a stand like that and 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 the whole world is starting to, at least your evangelical world is starting to say, hey, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. It, it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues with him going forward and saying, you know what, that was wrong. There, there isn't, mm-hmm. but there is. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so tell me what what's your take on everything? Looking at it both from a social media point and from a ministry point, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you, I think you start exactly where you did and, and explain the faithfulness of, of ministry that that uh, Alistair Begg. Um, and, and his ministry has provided for for decades, uh, you know, his faithfulness to be a, an expositor. Uh, but you recognize that a no one is no one is perfect, uh, and b it is absolutely okay to say that someone is wrong. I think we, we we have this dichotomy today where if if we say that someone is wrong, we have to throw away every aspect of who they are and their ministry and and all of that. And and I, I don't think that's necessary. I think that every one of us have 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 nuances to to, to how you know to how we've we've, uh, we've we've addressed certain issues um i think alistair Begg, i love him love his ministry grateful for the role he's played but he's absolutely wrong when he says to a grandmother who asks him about what he should do as it relates to uh going attending uh the wedding of her son or her grandson rather and a uh, and and a a transgender woman, which again transgender. First of all, there's no such thing as transgender. Uh, what 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 he's what this son is marrying is a man who has mutilated his body in such a way as to appear to be a woman. Uh, and, and and at the end of the day, no matter which way he goes, he is still a male. So her son is actually marrying a man who has mutilated his body. That's what he and and really, if you understand the biblical nature of what marriage is. It's a covenant union uh, between a male and a female. You cannot call what this individual, what this, what this grandson is engaged in, marriage. So there's, there's many different facets to this particular issue that I would say voids uh, even the setup of the question by the grandmother. I, I, you know, and so uh, for, for Alistair Begg to, to, to say or to inform this grandmother that she should attend the wedding uh, and that she should bring a gift in an effort to maintain relationship with the grandson is flawed. Uh, that, that one, that's what's called pragmatism. And, mm-hmm. and we don't do that that way. The other thing is that's nest, as, as, uh, affirming that grandson in, in in sinful rebellion to a holy God that will result in his eternal damnation is not the loving thing to do. 
Uh, the loving thing to do is to care enough for the grandson to let him know that he's in error and that and that the grandmother's absence from this quote-unquote wedding, uh, which it is not, I would explain that it's not a wedding, uh, is is indicative of her love for God and her and her care for this son. Uh, if he's at all upset about her absence, he should think about her absence as the loving act of a grandmother who desperately wants to see her grandson come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that grandmother's love will never change, but she can never affirm this sinful rebellion in which this child is in. And so I think Alistair got it wrong. Uh, I think there was a way in which he could have communicated that that would have been that would have been uh, faithful to the to, to scripture uh, and and helpful. Uh, to the grandmother, uh, and then we we wouldn't be all talking about it on social media. Again, the, the the proliferation of social media has all of us knowing what was said and 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 having an ability uh, to talk about it and to think through these issues. So, in, on the one hand, it's a good thing that we can talk through the issues. On the other, it's not it's not a benefit to him and his ministry because I think he missed it on this one. Well, you know, are, hey, are you going to be at the Shep conference in March? I wish I were. I've got I've got some other things that are happening. I won't be able to be there. Yeah, I'll be out there. He was supposed to speak, but now he's not speaking there. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Right. Uh, I, but, I did. I did see that when it came out. I saw that that uh, that they made some decisions not to not to have him there. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Uh, it's it's one thing to affirm the love of the child, and I know you listen to. Doug Wilson, like I, I heard you mention yeah. him, yeah. Uh, I thought yeah. he did a fabulous job of really bringing that out. You know, uh, the yeah. fact that you can go to a birthday celebration of the child. There's nothing wrong with that. That That's not celebrating yeah. this act of yeah. rebellion, you know, uh, any more than I would celebrate my child having an abortion. You know, I wouldn't do that. Right. I, there, there's no yeah. way my my child wanted to celebrate the freedom they're going to feel not to be a parent. I wouldn't celebrate that, you know. Uh, exactly. Th- there's nothing to celebrate there. And I thought Doug Wilson did a really good job. Um, he continues, though, to double down. What do yeah. you see? I mean, like this. I know we say he 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 kind of he made a mistake here. But what what do you think's driving this, or do you have any insight at all? Because I, I'm like it, it would be. It seems like it would be pretty good for him just to say, you know what, I was just responding. My intentions were this, but I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not mean to convey any affirmation. But he he yeah. obviously disagrees with that because he's preached a message yeah. on the compassion of Jesus as if to say. You know, we're to be compassionate as if you're not being compassionate when you don't affirm delusion. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And and I I think, you know, I I don't know. I don't have any any personal insight into uh, what might have motivated him to double down in in, in that regard. Uh, I I do recognize that, you know, there's a there's an old saying from a social media standpoint, uh, and, and that is you never apologize. Uh, and, and again, I, I get the I get the sentiment behind that uh, because again, if, if you if you apologize, if you, you know if the, if the left has attacked you uh, and and you apologize, they the the apology won't be won't be sufficient. So th- there may be some rhyme or reason to him thinking along those lines. 
the other thing is that he he, he may really believe uh, what it is he's saying. And, and I, I have a tendency, just having listened to him through the years, to believe that he's a man of conviction who stands on uh, on, on his word. And so I can only imagine that he, he does indeed feel uh, that it would be uh, the compassionate thing to do to to affirm delusion. I don't think that's compassionate, and and I just I disagree with him uh, at the, at this point on that. But I, I don't think it requires us to throw Alistair Begg away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to participate in cancel culture. Uh, we need to recognize that this man has a flaw or at least a blind spot in this particular area. So I would not return to him or counsel about uh, issues related to transgenderism. Uh, you know, if, if he's faithfully uh, uh, expositing the scripture about another subject, about another topic in a different way, uh, I'll gladly listen to what he has to share and say. Uh, but about that subject, you know, I recognize he's, he's got a fatal flaw. I, I, and I, I don't know if, you know, oftentimes, and, and, you know, and this is total speculation on my part, uh, but often, when you see this kind of behavior uh, with someone uh, where they where they've been faithful in in, in scriptural and in, in, in scripture and and biblical exposition for decades, uh, and they come up with an errant view uh, related to homosexuality, same sex attraction, anything like that, transgenderism, uh, it's usually because there's something close to them, either a family member or friend. Who they they now have some familial relationship with that causes them to maybe soften in this area. I don't know that to be true. So again, I want to say this clearly: that is complete speculation on my part. Uh, but 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 historically speaking, again and anecdotally speaking, uh, I've known issues, situations, circumstances where when it happens in one's own home, they begin to kind of think about things in a through a different lens. And uh, I, I would not assume that to be true unless. Alistair Begg or someone from his ministry affirms that, but but that, that's been my experience in the past, and that's that's kind of what what I don't think that's what's happened to him necessarily, uh, but I do know that that is something that has happened to others who who've uh, landed where he has. Well, one one of our listeners said that uh, if um, if if the grandkid isn't a believer, nor the new spouse, it changes the equation, and I want to respond to that because I I think. You gave me some insight to where you were a while ago, but mm-hmm. first of all, I don't recognize this person as a spouse because they can't be a biblical spouse. They're not. It doesn't matter what the world says they are. It's like the world tells me that I got to believe somebody who was mutilated is now a girl when they really are a guy, right? Am I yes, off base there? Exactly. Yeah, uh, no, that's spot on. Yeah. That's spot on. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the I, bottom line, I, yeah, you I, don't I, I, celebrate I, I, it as a wedding, even if they're unbelievers, because there is no such thing as a wedding of a man with a man or a man with a, a, a man who says he's a woman now. Right. I mean, that's not a wedding. That's, that's spot on. I, I won't attend anything that is not, that does not reflect biblical marriage. And, and so could I attend a wedding where two people are unbelievers? I can, because a man and a woman marrying uh, is is you know is it is an actual marriage? Uh, I would pray for their salvation. Uh, I would pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I would I would put myself in spaces and places to to provide discipleship. But under God's common grace, it, it can be uh, it, you know a, a marriage that is a marriage. But a, but a man and a man and a woman and a woman, or a man with someone who's transgender female, or a woman who's with someone who's transgender male. Those 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 categories invalidate calling 
any union on their part marriage and so uh, i would have to i would have to say you know i reject uh, the, the notion that that it would be okay in any instance uh, to to attend a a ceremony uh, being called a wedding uh, for those people. One of the things that I would encourage uh, young people to do, or rather, I'm sorry, let me say this way. One of the things I would encourage parents to do would be to have these kinds of conversations early. Don't wait until the day that that child comes home uh, and, and, and tells you that they're marrying, you know, that, that, that Bob is, is, is marrying Butch or, 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 you know, or, or Sam uh, is, 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 is marrying Stephen. Uh, for you to have the conversation that says, I want you to understand something. We love the Lord, and we love the Lord even more than we love you, and we love you something fierce. But you need to recognize that if you intend to come to our home uh, rejecting the things of God that, that we stand upon. I, I will not embrace those things. Uh, I, I will not affirm those things. And the reason I don't is not because of my lack of love for you, but because of my absolute love for you and that I don't want you to do something that damages your soul and lands you eternally separate from a holy God who sent his son Christ to die on a cross for you. Yeah, that's so good. Well, and, and you know, and again, uh, uh, 